0: 喂，你你你。Greetings, thank you for tuning in to the African Diary, this is podcast number two. First of all, I hope life is treating you well wherever you are in the world and I also hope you're looking after yourself health-wise because you know health is wealth and the rest are just bonuses. Before listening to this, I will suggest you listen to the first podcast because it is in harmony with this conversation. Anyways, let's dive into today's topic which is polygamy from a traditional African perspective. I will share with you a summary of the conversation I had with my two grandmothers who told me about the subject and they stated that polygamy was never for the benefit of the African man. Here is the interesting part though, I grew up in a home with three grandmothers and I did not know that these three ladies living in three different houses on the same compound were married to my grandfather. The day I found out I felt like I knew nothing about the world around me. I still feel that way especially when I learn about things like government cover-ups. That piece of information helped me solve a puzzle I didn't know was there. The interesting part was that I was not the only child in that situation. All the three houses meant doors were facing the center of the compound and that's where the kitchen and the fireplace was. We would sit there every evening and everyone would share a story or would tell everyone how their day was. Come to think of it these three women were really friends and when the old man became an ancestor they stayed together until they also became ancestors. Let's be clear in this church even though I'm not religious I'm not preaching for or against polygamy that's your decision to make not mine. Therefore do not drag the African diary in your bedroom conversation talking about yeah but the African diary said 'Uh uh-uh if you want to campaign for polygamy I wish you all the best but do not involve me. All I'm trying to do here is to help us look at it from the perspective of those who came before us. It can help us understand why it was done, how it was implemented and how it all went wrong. Yes, it did go wrong and I believe it is because all the values and elements of our traditions were overlooked or simply abandoned, which gave rise to the era of the lack of accountability, minimum efforts, and carelessness. That's why I understand people who despise polygamy because some of those people were the victims of it. However, it is important I say this, the African continent is 54 countries or 55 depending on which side of the argument you stand. And those numbers represent the artificial colonial borders that we still maintain. Anyways, as I stated before, it is also the second largest underpopulated continent on earth. It is a continent with more than 3000 ethnic groups with an estimation of more than 2100 spoken languages. Which means that the large majority of the population are bilingual and it is not unusual to find people who can speak more than four languages. I say that to say this, what I'm going to share on this podcast may not apply to your culture nevertheless it doesn't make you less african and it shouldn't be the reason why we should be going back and forth with each other. it is in our diversity that the beauty lies and in fact when we dig deeper in our cultural practices we easily find that there are more things that unite us than divides us. plus this is my take on the topic so you know you can agree or disagree. <laughs> There is often this belief that the older generation were not intelligent people and as Africans some among us have developed a way of reading history that put our mothers below our fathers. I mean I won't go back into it because I've already addressed it in the first podcast but it is a belief that's out there sometimes to me it feels like some people are very dismissive toward the older generation to the point that they wouldn't even approach them to ask about how life was for them back then most of the time when you speak to the elderly about how life was back then there are two things you quickly notice at least to the elderly i've spoken with they never perceive themselves or present themselves as victim but as fighters and the way they share their story you almost have to consciously remind yourself that they were living under colonialism this idea that women who were involved in polygamy were uneducated is a myth and i find that those comments usually come from quote-unquote well-educated people like someone once said the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read and write it will be those who cannot unlearn the many lies they've been taught and manipulated to believe you see tomorrow it is no longer about phds and degrees it is about liberating the minds the first woman who married my grandfather was a woman who knew everything there was to know about farming and healing plants an african natural healer come to think of it she never ate anything she didn't plant or didn't know who planted it she understood nature and african spirituality i can't think of a time when she was alive that i was taken to the hospital the second woman was the owner of one of the most popular bars in town and she's also the first person who gave me my first glass of beer in short she was a successful successful business woman the third woman was an accountant for this European company she could have been a model because she was so beautiful even in her old age you could still see that she was a beautiful woman when she was younger and she was from Tanzania in my hometown the story has it that she's the first woman to have worn a pair of jeans in public and the local newspaper at the time wrote about it unfortunately I, but not really I mean because it's all part of the process of life they've all transitioned in the same order one thing I remember about all these three ladies was that they were good people. I know it's a cliche when someone is no longer around to say they were good people but these three women were good people. I told you I did not know that they were married to my grandfather and you may ask how is that even possible? Well there is a very simple explanation for that. You see on the African continent there are specific names that are used to refer to grandmothers. If you go to visit someone and their grandmother is around you will refer to her as if she was your grandmother and it didn't stop there. You refer to your friend's parent as mother or father, you give them the same respect you would give your parents. It was important to lay that down before progressing in the talk. Back in their days, the family made sure that they were taught at least two skills or more. Obviously on top of being taught how to be decent human beings in society and things of that nature the reasoning was that the family wanted their daughter to be in a position to step in if something happened to the husband things like death loss of job or being thrown in jail and things of that nature i couldn't believe that there was an expectation for the woman to step in in case of emergency it was a shock to me to find out that in there there was a clause saying break the glass in case of emergency i mean when you think about it it does make a lot of sense they were born and lived under the brutal colonial regime and the future wasn't really guaranteed if you wanted to be physically and mentally a free African in Africa. Life shouldn't stop and did not stop just because the man was no longer around and especially if they had children. African women had better chances creating employment rather than looking for employment. Because the colonial institutions prioritized African men for position below white men. And I suspect this might be the reason why African women are more into entrepreneurship compared to men. Back to the topic, I was always under the impression that polygamy was only an option available to those who had money. I was shocked to find out that how much money you had did not really matter. What mattered the most in a nutshell was your family reputation and your reputation in the community. Words like trustworthiness, accountability, hardworking and more had to run deep in your family like a river at the bottom of the ocean. It gave families the confidence to allow their children to marry into that family. Which meant a farmer, a public servant earning peanuts and a chief could easily end up in a polygamous relationship. It was a must that you informed the other party that you were already married. That way they decided whether it was something they would consider or not. Earlier I said polygamy was never for the benefit of African men, now let's talk about it. In the first podcast I detailed the steps both people had to go through before they were allowed to have their traditional wedding. Just keep that in mind while we dive into this part. Sometimes there were a reason why women either told their husband or allowed their husband to marry another woman reasons such as infertility being busy with occupation or not wanting more children and more by the way keep in mind that if it was the man who decided to remarry he had to present his case to his wife first then his family because it was them who were going to represent him to his second wife family if they thought his argument wasn't strong enough they were in the position to reject his request even if his wife agreed it is also important to keep in mind that the wife authorizing the man to get married wasn't enough the family of the potential new wife had to agree to the fact that their daughters was going to become the second wife in that family. it meant that the potential new wife family in their investigation on top of all the things they had to check now they also had to find out how the first wife was being treated in that relationship before they authorized their daughter to marry that man. the man had to provide a different home for the second wife and the second wife had to agree to respect and live in harmony with the first wife. in some cases though it's the wife who introduced the husband to the woman she wanted him to marry with her reasons. Some men agreed and others refused. Polygamy was an option that was available if both parties agreed that another person was needed. But it was not mandatory, some people did not get involved in it. Whichever side people stood on, they were willing to do everything in their power to do it the right way. These are no for a fact. There are some cultures in Central Africa where the brother inherited the marriage of his brother. Let's say you have two brothers and one of the brothers dies the remaining brother will inherit the deceased brother marriage with all the responsibilities that came with it, regardless of whether he was married or not when i asked about it i was told that men did not marry widows out of respect for the deceased the brother was the only person in the position to continue the union so that way the widow did not go through the hardship of life by herself however the problem today i think some people when they think about polygamy they only think at the sexual gratification aspect of it they only see the opportunity to sleep with different partners on a regular basis i mean in my village they say too much meat does not spoil the sauce that's true but it does come with responsibility that a lot of people out there are not willing to assume and that's where the problems begins. If you've ever been in a relationship you'd know that every 60 second a minute passes on the African continent and a day has 24 hours. Now my friend if you allocate more than two hours a day keep in mind I'm being generous because that number should be less than that. If you allocate more than two hours a day for sex please come forward because I think you need to be guided to the nearest adult film production company your 9 to 5 you are wasting talent in my humble opinion and observation i think things dramatically changed because people were no longer interested in these long procedures they wanted to enjoy the benefits of polygamy without all the terms and conditions they began perceiving the whole procedure as a waste of time especially people who had money or people who were in love what do we know people with money tend to be very impatient and people in love do not like to listen to common sense that goes against what they feel i think that's when these two decided to team up and start a rebellion i also think what made people move away from the old way of doing things to what we have today is greed power and money we'll get back to that later but back to love in the name of love women used to run away from their homes to go live with their boyfriends just because their parents did not approve of their union in fact one of my cousins did that and her boyfriend at the time was an aspiring musician listen back in the days being a musician was a big no therefore the family shut down that whole operation real quick and one day my cousin ran away from the house and my uncle who's her dad decided nobody should go look for her and nobody should go get her back. I mean Africa is Africa there was no need for a search party. Her mother had spread the word that her daughter had run away so the news naturally spread like bushfire and it only took like a couple of days before the news came back with her exact location. At the time I thought my uncle was being a bit harsh but today with time I understand he wanted her to have her own experience. She got pregnant, the boyfriend gained a bit of success and disappeared. Long story short, life became unbearable for her, she decided to come back. We joke about it sometimes. Now money, greed and power made some families stop working for the interest of their children and they would overlook the part where the man had to be investigated. I can't really blame the parent too much though because when the man had money, the woman could run away from home whenever she wanted. So it's like it was in the best interest of the family if they were after money to just go with the flow. But some family camped in their positions and refused for their child to marry anybody they didn't see as a good addition to their family and as a partner for their child. Then again on the African continent it's all about being tactful and knowing what tools to use when talking to your family members. It meant that even though the parent opposed the traditional wedding, they were still able to move with the European style wedding in church and white dress and all that. And when that wedding took place some corrupt family members, always uncles and aunties represented the side of the parents that were opposed to the circus money power and greed was the game changer it meant that some men with money were now in charge of writing the rules and the woman voice was no longer needed those men were becoming polygamist as a way of showing off without understanding its origin and purpose but they had money so they felt invincible some women saw the situation as their ticket out of the daily struggle of life they didn't care about no rules or if the man was already married they were looking at those men with the same intention european countries had when they met at the Berlin conference between 8084 and 1885 in Germany. This raised a serious problem you know because both parties were looking at each other as properties and properties need owners back in the days while growing up i still remember people saying stuff like that is our wife or that is our husband because we married into that family remember i said back in the days the traditional wedding was families marrying each other and the couple were just the representative of both families in the relationship that was before <laughs> because now things are no longer ours people are no longer our people nowadays you have to say my wife my husband my children my house my this my that that's when the era of competition began women Women who did not approve of their husband polygamous tendencies and stayed in the relationship a lot lived a miserable life and still live a miserable life. However, the real victims were and are the children. I grew up around bars, markets and busy streets on the African continent. A large number of abandoned children in various streets of the African continent who are commonly known as street kids is a direct result of an imposed or poorly planned polygamous relationship. When one wife dies and leaves children behind, in some cases children are left to suffer in the hands of the other mother. On the african continent we don't really work with stepmother or stepfather thing, you refer to your father's wife as your mother even if she's not your biological mother. It also applies to your mother's husband, however when you're an adult you can downplay it but when you live under the roof you follow those rules. When the rich husband dies each wife and her family will fight and sometimes even physically to grab whatever the man left. They want their children to inherit the majority of the things their father left if not all and they do not care about other children the father had. While growing up and seeing all these things, it made me appreciate all the conditions that were enforced at the time when my grandparents got married. They were looking for upright people with values that match what they gave their children. You could have had all the money in the world, but it still didn't guarantee that you will be accepted in the family. If all my grandmothers had to fight for what my old man had left, I don't think I would have had such a sweet childhood. Now, let me share with you one of the craziest stories that happened to me just because of polygamy. We were about to fly to the Congo, not the Democratic Republic of Congo, but Congo Brazzaville. Before traveling there, we were informed that a close friend of the family was living in Brazzaville, which is the capital city. It was a good news because we were looking for someone to help us find a place to rent. She told us she had a home that was fully furnished and nobody lived there. All of a sudden the story went from good to great so long story short we agreed on the rent. Now fast forward after spending eight days in the house strange things began happening. I'm a light sleeper and any noise would wake me up at night. The first night something happened I heard knocking at my bedroom door so naturally I woke up to go open and there was nobody. I went to check in my mother's room if it was her but the lady was in a deep state of sleep plus she wasn't into such jokes. So in the morning I told her what happened and asked her if it was her she naturally said no. Anyways the following day in the middle of the night someone opened my bedroom door and I could hear someone entering the room and snapping their fingers. So I decided to stay in my blanket and wait for that person to get closer. The finger snapper slowly woke toward where I was sleeping so I removed my blanket to see who it was and there was nobody. I switched the lights on and there was still nobody. So I ran to my mother's room woke her up and told her what happened. Out of fear she downplayed the thing because she knew I never played like that and telling lies was never my strongest point. So she decided to allow me to sleep on her bed and as I'm being tucked in the corridor light went on and a glass in the plate broke in the kitchen. It wasn't windy or anything and all the doors were locked and at that point I gave her that I told you look. She jumped out of the bed, switched on the light and we sat there till early morning. And that's when she made that executive decision that we are leaving this house in the morning. I will always remember that at 6 o'clock sharp we packed our bags, left the room and ran outside. As we are opening the gates to leave the property, a lot of people with suitcases and bags on their head, adults, children and men, entered the compound and positioned themselves in the garden. We did not understand what was happening and we did not ask. Keep in mind we were new in the country and we were trying to be as small as possible. Any wrong move in that situation could have led to a bad outcome so we allowed nature to do its magic. One of the women in the group came and told us to pack all our stuff and leave. We told her that we were leaving anyway and as we were about to leave the gates, the neighbors came to speak to us to make sure we were okay. I had made friends in the neighborhood so they knew that we were not from around so they were always checking on us to make sure we were okay. One of the neighbors invited us to their house so there we told them everything. And that's when we were informed that the close friend to our family was actually in a relationship with a politician in the country. But the politician was already married to someone else. And the people who stormed the property is the wife and her family. And in regards to what happened to me in the middle of the night, the neighbor looked at me and said, you are lucky you are not one of the children he had outside of his marriage because you wouldn't have been standing here. In the middle of the Central African heat, I felt cold as if I was standing shirtless in Antarctica. Back to the story. Listen, if polygamy is something you are considering, please make sure that all parties are consenting to this. But above all, the priority must always be the children. Love the feeling come and goes. What remains is the fruits of that relationship, the children. It is them who matter the most. Thank you for listening if you made it to the end of this talk. See you next time.